welcome to Align Your Mind, the podcast that helps you change your life and achieve your goals through the power of thought work. My name is Chelsea Tanner and I'm a certified life coach. I love talking about all things mindset and today is the second of a three-part series called 30 Things I Learned Before Turning 30. I turn 30 in the next few weeks and I'm actually super excited. As I said in the last podcast, if you haven't listened to the first 10 things that I learned, you can go back and listen to part one, Um, but I'm so excited to share things 11 through 20 with you today, and the motorcycles outside my window are also super pumped. I don't live in a quiet place. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and it is always loud, so if there is background noise, I apologize, but I can't help it. I'll also be throwing in some bonus things that I learned here at the end um, that aren't necessarily mindset driven, but they also kind of are, which everything is, but let's get to it. So number 11, know your why. This works on several levels. First, I think it's so useful to write down why you're doing everything you're doing every day. If you can get these reasons in your short-term memory, they're so much easier to access when you feel resistant to doing something. For example, if you have a compelling reason for working out, but only wrote it down once like two months ago and you expect your brain to remember it, it will be hard to convince yourself to get off the couch and go for a jog. However, if you're intimately familiar with why you're doing it, it's super compelling because you wrote it down earlier that day, the brain's recency effect usually helps with this journaling these things can use this effect to our advantage the second reason i think that it's important to ask why you do things is because sometimes we just have never considered that before you may uncover one of those beliefs you didn't recognize was there this goes along with number 12 also actually so that is number 12 Take responsibility for your inspiration. This means think about the thoughts you could think that would be creating that feeling of inspiration. So come up with so many. What could make you feel inspired? Your why that you write down every day could be part of this as well. So many people ask me about motivation and that and like what to do when they're not feeling motivated. And the reason they're not feeling motivated is because the thoughts they're thinking are making them feel unmotivated. Do you ever feel excited and motivated to do something? It's because of the thoughts you're thinking about whatever you're doing. Taking responsibility for your thoughts and feelings is kind of the secret to the universe. You can choose your thoughts. You can pick which ones you want to become beliefs and practice them. So you think them as much as you want. It's totally free. I keep saying this. Like, it doesn't cost anything. How cool is that? So if you're not motivated to practice, ask yourself, why? If your answer is that you don't think it'll make a difference, bingo! That's the thought that's making you feel unmotivated. When you believe practicing won't make a difference, it makes sense that you don't want to. It isn't a lack of motivation that's the problem. It's the way you're thinking. If you change that, you change everything about what inspires and motivates you. I'd like to pause for a brief interlude for the motorcycles going by my window.
Number 13, radically accept yourself and your circumstances. People have resistance to this concept for many reasons, but once I did this, my life got so much easier to live. I think the resistance comes from thinking that accepting something is the same as liking it or agreeing that that it's okay. These are not the same thing. If we accept where we are in our lives right now, in the body you have, in the place you live, the life you have right now, if you accept it and let go of how you think it should be different, you can start moving forward from a positive place or at least a neutral place. This is a concept talked about in Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is, which is amazing and it changed my life. But if we think things should be different than the way they are or senselessly arguing with reality if we think we should have gotten that job but we didn't we're never going to feel okay about it until we accept it we won't move on from it until we accept it if we think it's unfair that we look a certain way or we're brought up in a certain way we stay in that victim mentality this mentality is our operating system When we're a victim, we don't have power. We won't change when we have this mindset. If we accept that this is the life we have, this is what is, we can move forward from there. But if we tell ourselves that, you know, we shouldn't be a certain way, that creates inner conflict because you are the way you are right now. It doesn't mean that you won't change in the future. You absolutely will. But changing something from a negative place seldom lasts. Number 14. You can't out-action your opinion of yourself. This is a big one. I had an opinion of myself that I wasn't good enough as a musician, and I wanted to prove that I was. I had the thought that I wasn't good enough, and I used that as negative motivation to kind of shame myself into practicing and to applying to every single audition and festival and school that I possibly could. I got into things, and I won things, but I was confused because I wasn't confident. I didn't feel confident in my playing or in myself, but all along... I had practiced that thought that I wasn't good enough. This became my belief. If you think that you're not good enough, that's in the opposite direction of feeling confident. If you want positive emotions, you need to create motivation to get yourself there from a positive place. You can't outwork your beliefs about yourself. If you want to change your beliefs, you need to change your thoughts. No amount of auditions can make me feel confident. That's my job. I have to cultivate my opinion about myself. Number 15. Life is 50-50. This is something that's central to life coach training, for me anyway. And I think it's so important to remember. You'll feel all of the human emotion, always and forever. We put labels on these physical vibrations in our bodies. We label them good and bad, positive and negative, but none of them ever stop. I know that I'll probably feel good half the time and not so good the other half the time and everywhere in between. There's so much propaganda for good vibes only and this toxic positivity nonsense. This can never happen. 
I know I will probably feel a little bit anxious most days for the rest of my life. Not all day necessarily, some days maybe, yeah, all day, but definitely some of the day and I know I'll feel sadness in the future. I'll feel grief and jealousy and insecurity and embarrassment, but I'll also feel joy and happiness and love, abundance and excitement. Believing that our purpose is to feel happy all the time is a false premise. It leads us to think that any negative emotion is a huge problem. But it's not. It doesn't have to be. If we expect that we'll feel both positive and negative emotions, 50-50, half and half of the time, we're much less to have mental drama around those feelings. So life is 50-50. Number 16. Borrow the mindset of your future self. Think about yourself in five years. What does that person look like? What do they do every day? What's their day-to-day like? How do they feel about themselves? How do they operate? What's their opinion of themselves? About their job? Their life? Do they love themselves? Do they accept their life? How do they feel when they walk down the street? These will give you thoughts and beliefs that you can start adopting and practicing now. This is the mindset that will get you to that future person you want to be. This is the thoughts. These are the thoughts that will drive the actions that you want in a positive way. Once again, these are all available to you for the low, low price of a pen and a piece of paper in about 20 minutes. Worth it? Totally. Do it. (laughs) It's so good. All right, number 17. We can't make people feel emotions, and they can't make us feel emotions. This is a huge concept because this also means someone can't technically hurt our feelings. Our thoughts create our feelings. To feel a certain way about something, we have to have a thought or belief about it. If someone says something to us, and we feel upset, we had to have a thought about it to make ourselves feel upset, right? Because our thoughts create our feelings. Likely, it means we believe this person in whatever they said, but this is everything. Take responsibility for that thought, that bridge between those person, those people's words and our emotions. We create agency for ourselves when we acknowledge that gap. We can ask ourselves gently why it bothered us so much that they said those words. We can ask inquiring questions. We can then decide what we want to think about the situation on purpose. That person who said those words to you did so based on their thoughts and feelings. Similarly, if we say or do something that elicits a negative response from someone else, it's 100% because they are thinking and feeling a certain way when we own all of this and take responsibility for it we can stop blaming others for our feelings because when we blame how we feel on other people we feel out of control we go back to that victim mentality where people can make us feel bad and everything is unfair but if people can't actually make us feel bad we gain all of our power back It's like, it's another secret to the universe. I'm just dropping them all in these podcasts. (laughs) Okay. 
Number 18, sweeping generalizations are toxic. What I mean by this is using words like good or bad. I had a good experience or a bad experience. Labeling something like a place you worked or a college you went to as good or bad leaves no room for nuance. You don't ask questions when you're like, oh, that was really bad. It was, you know, you don't inquire about it. You know, however, you could ask, what did I like or dislike about this experience? What did I learn from it? What could have gone differently? How did I handle myself? What do I wish would have been different about it? Or what would I do differently if I were in charge? Things like that. These become clarifying experiences instead of just bad ones, right? Notice where you can do this in everyday life. Give equal airtime to the things you learned and not just the judgments you hold. Number 19, you always have agency. You get to choose the direction your life goes. If you're complacent, you chose complacency. You're never stuck unless you're physically contained, but even then you have agency over your thoughts. When we choose to have radical agency in our lives, we feel powerful. When we think we have no control, it always feels bad. I absolutely love to think about all the choices I can make for myself. You don't have to pay your taxes. You don't have to take care of the people in your life. You don't have to talk to family members. Of course, there will be consequences to all of those decisions, but you know that you're always in control of what you do, and it can be so powerful when you feel stuck to remember this. I want to give you an example. (laughs) Right now, my brain is going insane because there are so many loud motorcyclists outside, and there's construction going on on my building on a Sunday, the day of quietness and people off of work, but apparently not this Sunday. But I'm choosing to think that the content of this podcast is worth hearing even if my voice is trying to compete with a motorcycle. So thank you so much for bearing with me, but I have agency and I'm choosing to think that this is still going to be a great podcast, even though the loud motorcycles happen outside my window. Anyway... (laughs) Last but not least for this episode, number 20, the most important relationship you have in your life is with yourself. This may be the most important one, and I know I say that a lot, a lot about all of these, but I didn't have a good relationship with myself until about a year ago, maybe a year and a half. My self-talk was so terrible that I couldn't sit alone by myself without being distracted by food or a podcast or something. I couldn't cope with the mental environment I had cultivated. My relationship with my body was terrible. I always thought it should look different. My emotion to, or my motivation, my motivation to do most things in my life was fueled with negative emotion. This led to me burning out from overworking and never feeling my emotions. I was afraid to feel my emotions because like so many people in society, I wasn't taught that it was okay. I tried slowly. I brought a second set of makeup to work to keep in my office and I gave myself little emotion breaks during the day. I started to feel things and when I could survive feeling my emotions, my brain realized that it wasn't so bad. My self-talk was still pretty harsh though. If 
your motivation is to prove to everyone that you're good enough. It's kind of hard to do that from a positive place. You know, <laughs> it kind of has to be harsh. Now, accepting that I'm always worthy and all the rest is fun, I can speak to myself differently. I can motivate myself in caring ways, not just barking orders. Learning to cultivate a relationship with yourself is essential because you are all you have forever. You're going to live the rest of your life in your mind and with the body that you have. Resisting that creates so much unnecessary suffering and inner conflict. And remember, your relationship with anyone is just the thoughts you have about them. So start thinking on purpose about yourself. All right, time for the bonus things that I've learned. Number one, these are all just random. Number one, you don't have to finish every book you start. You can stop if you don't like it, even if you bought it. I just want to throw that out there in the universe. I feel like everyone gets stuck in the middle of a book and they're like, well, I can't start another one. Just put it away, start another one. It doesn't matter. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly or even just a little bit, right? Brushing your teeth for 30 seconds, though it's not two minutes, it's still worth doing and better than nothing. This is an amazing concept called the infinite 1% and it just talks about doing things 1% is infinitely better than not doing them at all. So, number three, if you have a poor opinion of yourself, you probably didn't choose this deliberately. But for goodness sake, take responsibility for it and think differently. Number four, share your ideas. You never know what seeds you're planting in other people's minds. This is so important. And just because you don't get feedback does not mean you're not making an impact. Okay, number five, every experience is an opportunity to get to know yourself better. Every crappy thing that you go through is an opportunity to get to know yourself better, to console yourself, to see yourself through those times. That's so incredibly important to remember. And number six, this is just questions. What if you approached everything you did today with a feeling of love? How would love show up in your life today? Okay, this has been an amazing episode. If you hear the motorcycles in the background, I apologize. Um, but also, sorry I'm not sorry, because I didn't, I didn't ride them. Okay, I hope you have a beautiful week. I'll see you next week. The theme music for this podcast is a song called Already Gone by Paper Morning. They're an amazing band, and you can hear more from them in the link in the show notes.